Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Citizen 16, episode 12. Tonight we have our very special guest, Allie. Hello, hello. Um, I am very excited to have Allie here. Allie, are you excited to be here? I don't know. I feel like I have been bait and switched here, but let's talk about the episode and we can, talk, we can get into it. <laughs> um, just to keep you guys updated, we will have After Party on Patreon on Monday. Um, we don't have a Mapsland update because Tane is off living her best life. So this week we'll just get straight into the episode that we just watched. <laughs> Like, just watch. Just finished it. I'm fresh. Yeah. So, Allie, initial thoughts? Um, I don't... Y'all, I, I just... Actually, so, for people who don't remember or for some reason didn't listen to Allie's episode last time, please tell them your how you experience watching Married at First Sight. So, I don't watch Married at First Sight. I um, listen to the podcast because I support my sister. I'm I'm... Aid's sister, by the way. I'm Aid's older sister. And so in support of Tane and Aid and the wonderful work they're doing, I listen to the podcast. And occasionally, I think this is, is this my second time guesting or my third? Your second. So I have watched two and a half episodes um, now, if I haven't been on this podcast twice. Um, I did attempt to watch it in a hotel room earlier this year and the hotel didn't have lifetime. And that was the extent of my attempt. So this is my first episode this season. Um, and that's how I experience maths is via descriptions from Tane and Aid. I think it's great. While I was watching with her, she'd be like, who's that? And then I'd have to tell her their names because I was shocked that she doesn't. She listens to the podcast and she doesn't even look up what they look like. Um, and also what was exciting this time is that we got to watch it together because Aid moved and he's my neighbor. Um, and so we got to watch it together. So there's going to be a lot less who was that or is that the one in this episode? Because I actually got my questions out while we were watching it. <laughs> okay. So on that note, we will dive right in. Um, Ali, what was your overall impression of this episode? So unfortunately for me, it might be a me problem, but the previous episodes that I've watched or the clips that I've watched have been a little bit more action oriented than an hour and a half of watching people talk about talking about their feelings. So for me, it was just kind of boring and dry. Sorry, but it was just people talking about wanting to potentially (laughs) at a later date, perhaps talk about their feelings sprinkled with people sharing very, very intimate things. And then complaining about how they weren't intimate or vulnerable enough. That's, that's my impression. <laughs> there were some highlights, which we'll get to, but for the majority, I want my hour and a half back. So it, bring me the homegirl throwing the table. Where it's, That's the kind of stuff I come to bash for. Where's What's the old girl's name? Michaela. And the, the ping pong table. That's, <laughs> that's what I came here for, not for people talking about their feelings. Um, and this is what you get, I guess. I mean, it just depends on when you come on because we do, part of maps is a lot of talking about your feelings. Um, this group is a little dry in that they don't have very many bombs to drop. Most of what they've said has been heard before, but I think there's, uh, I feel like they gave us a little bit of action at the beginning and a little bit of action at the end. And then maybe you didn't quite enjoy the middle. Um, so we get started with, why does everybody on maps need to go to goat yoga? I did enjoy that we went to go yoga with Nicole and Chris 
and Nicole's dad. I thought that was nice. Do you think the goats like poop? Like, are there little goat pellets around as you do goat yoga? Probably, which is reason number 557 why I would never do such a thing. That's what I thought. Goat do poop. I was waiting for it. You know if it would have happened, they would have showed it to us, Mm. though. Um, But, you know, we learned things about people. So we learned that Nicole brought her dad into yoga, that he got so into it that he became a yoga instructor, and that he actually did yoga instruction at Nicole's college. I have always, I mean, I think he got my um, burnt ashes last week, but I'm actually a fairly big fan of Nicole's dad. And this episode, I was a really big fan of Nicole's dad. Um, So after goat yoga, they sit around and talk and Chris asks her dad how she's changed. And he talks about her being this like very difficult teenager and not wanting to spend time with him after she was 18 because her parents were divorced. And a lot of what he described to me, like, I feel like that's normal divorced parent child behavior. Yeah, but I could see as a father why it would be hurtful and why, like, it made him sad. It was it was very honest and very vulnerable, as we will continue <laughs> to hear. I it, it was sad, yes. I just thought that he could have, like, everybody gets the opportunity to look back. And I wish in his looking back, he would have been like, this is how it made me feel at the time. But hopefully you've moved on enough to understand that, like, it's just, you know, I don't think Nicole did anything particularly wrong and it still feels like he's like oh she was a brat and I'm like I don't really think she was I didn't get that because he said you know like you know I didn't have a couch I didn't like I think he had some grace to say that it was a difficult time for her and it was a difficult situation and she you know I I don't know I I felt like he um I I enjoyed him this week um he he was a breath of fresh air amongst all the talking about your feelings (laughs) for me I enjoyed him and I really appreciated his you know um, I feel like that was depth when, uh, sorry, what's dude's name? Chris, 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 <laughs> when Chris asked if she was happy and he said, or she asked, do you think I'm happy? And he said, you were very, you know, discontent in life before. And now you seem really content. And I think that results in happiness. I thought that was a very, very like sweet, reasoned, thoughtful answer. Um, I like Nicole's dad. I really appreciate him and the goats. And even though there was talking about your feelings, at least before we got to watch goats jump on their back, oh. I only have to talk about how we weren't being vulnerable. Okay. So, um, yes, they ended on a great note um, because Nicole's dad in his interview even said, well, I still call him her husband and has he has his quote marks ready and son-in-law and he has his quote marks ready. But he does tell Chris that he can call him dad. And Chris is like, you told me you had to wait for D-Day. And then he says, well, you you had to earn my respect and I had to earn your respect. And Chris doesn't even let him finish and says, you have my respect. And they just have a mutual admiration society. And like Ali said, it was just really great. It was great. Okay, now it's time to talk about feelings. Before we we talk about feelings, we have like our round robin. And I just want to note that Shaq and Kirsten uh, were baking cookies and those were the break and bake. And... You know, you guys, if you've listened before, you know how I feel about break and bake. Don't be so lazy. Either go to a nice bakery or make your cookies from scratch. I'm sure all of you will come for me. Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> what I wanted to say is they were breaking, breaking, they were bacon breaking, breaking and baking um, for Dr. Pepper, which my correct recollection, they are the only people who brought <laughs> Dr. Pepper a little something, something. So if the poor girl worked and sold houses and then was like, you know what, I'm going to take Dr. Pepper something. At least she didn't come empty-handed and I am okay with her cookie. Sometimes you just need a cookie. Okay. Great work. 
Um, so Shaq and Kirsten sit down with Dr. Pepper and they talk about the difficulty of communication and Dr. Pepper gives some good advice. I, she says to make no assumptions and not do unto others as they would do unto you, but do unto others as they would do unto themselves, which takes a lot of thinking. But when you say it out loud, you're like, wait, that's kind of right. Um, Dr. Pepper says that you have to trust the other person to take care of you and not this hard fought person who can take care of themselves. Um, Shaq talks about his childhood because Dr. Pepper asked them, like, it's very interesting to me. She's like, well, what parts of your childhood do you think are affecting this relationship? And I'm like, do you get these questions in advance? Because they do come up with some pretty good answers. Um, um what, so I just, I kind of want to talk about how we watch this. It, this is unnecessary background for you guys, but it's necessary for me for how I came to understand these people. So we started like 14 minutes late. Yeah. There was some technical difficulties. So we started 14 minutes late. So my initial impression was uh, Kirsten making faces. And my first thought about her is Stepford wife. Like she's very like robotic and I want to learn how you blink that slow. Is it that the <laughs> lashes are so big that it makes the blink slower or is she just really. So I have this very like negative cold view of her. But then we went back and watched it from the beginning and I'm like, Oh, this is the one who brings Dr. Pepper cookies. Like, She's a very interesting person. Like, she's a dichotomy because she was making, almost making faces as Shaq was sharing, like, this very, like, sad, vulnerable update about himself. Like, and, but she's also the person who, like, brings cookies and is very, so Kirsten is, that's an interesting one. She is. Um, I have not, last week, both Tane and I were not feeling Kirsten. It actually, said, is she the one who's you guys said she was gaslighting him? Yes. Okay. Um, Tane said that, but I mean, I'm not in disagreement. This week has been very different. Um, I think because Kirsten and Shaq have somewhat arrived on the same page, and we kind of see that through the episode. I, you know, I always wonder if these therapy sessions work, but maybe this one did. Um, I thought it was very interesting that when Dr. Pepper asked how their intimacy was increasing. Um, was going, and Shaq said it was increasing. I was like, I wonder why Shaq gets to be the spokesperson for how is our intimacy going? I guess because last week they got into a fight when Kirsten was the spokesperson, and I noticed this time Kirsten did not say anything. Shaq was the one who she said... She just made weird faces. <laughs> um, I, too, have accused Kirsten of being a bit robotic. Yeah. Um, it's a slow blink. It's like, I'm doing it for the radio. <laughs> Um, so when Shaq said things are better, I'm like, is that the truth or is that the story we've decided to tell this week because you guys are so confusing? Um, so Dr. Pepper says they need to grab, and Shaq is always talking about these forehead kisses when they talk about intimacy. And I'm like, what is forehead kisses? Get out of here. Um, but he says that they, uh, Dr. Pepper says they need to graduate from forehead kisses Mm -hmm. to real spousal kisses for, for your background. Kirsten said that she's bad at kissing, so she doesn't like to do it. Okay. Well, the only <laughs> way to get better, as I tell my tell my children, is to practice. <laughs> okay. So next up is Clint talking to his friend David on an iPad, and he appears to be at a bar. This was confusing to me. Why would you take your iPad to a bar mm. to talk to your friend David? Um, Maybe it was a restaurant. A, a restaurant is better? 
I mean, if you're sitting by yourself, then, yeah, you're, I don't know. I can't make it make sense, but I enjoyed it. I liked David. David had great jokes and Clint was like right back. I mean, we had Pirate Kristen, like, oh, that's Gina. Yeah. Oh, girl's name is Gina. Um, yeah, I liked David and Clint. Um, they're regurgitating a lot of the same stuff, which is Clint has said before that he wants to go to the heart of Gina. He keeps on referring it to the inner crust. Which is not a thing. Outer <laughs> crust. I was like, is this something we learn about in the planets where there's like no. an inner crust? <laughs> inside there's the outer crust. Is there an inner crust? Then that's not the middle middle. Like that's the magma or whatever in the middle part. So even if you get to the inner crust, it's still outside. Every time he talks about the crust, I'm like, but the crust is outside. Yeah. And pie and everything. And pizza. You should have Googled it. Where is the crust? Is there an inner crust? Um, so Clinton has the conversation with David and then that's over. Next up to see Dr. Pepper is Jasmine and Eris. Mm-hmm. I said last week that these two are a dark cloud. I don't can't say anything different this week. Um, so Dr. Pepper says that they it seems like they're not connecting, and she asked them what they think would help them connect. Jasmine wants deeper conversations, but is waiting on him to lead. And the attraction thing hurt her feelings. And the way she talks about it is very dismissive. And I wish that she would own the fact that it is very hurtful for someone to continue to say that they're not attracted to you. I feel like she won't cop to it the way that I would like her to. And maybe that's wrong of me, but I'm just very confused by it. I, Wait, you want her to be like, he said I was ugly? Um, I feel like me? every time that she sort of is like, oh, whatever, okay, it's giving him a pass oh and i don't like it i I don't think she's giving him a pass perhaps she's saying it's whatever okay but then she is straight up like yes no i'm not into you so i mean i think it's clear that she's displeased okay um she says that it's like they were existing but they were stagnant but they will have to do a better job about emotionally connecting um so Dr. Pepper asks, like, what's something that you haven't been true to yourself about or something like that? And she talks about the girls that she mentors and she tells them that they should be true to themselves. And she hasn't been doing that. And apparently she grew up in Nashville, then she left and then she came back. Um, and it was a hit to her confidence when she left. And she's been back building herself up. And now she's got the marriage and the man does not want her and all the work she's done on self-love and building her confidence has gone to waste on Eris. That's what I heard. Um. (laughs) Sounds about talking about feelings about right. Um. Dr. Pepper makes the interesting point. I actually really appreciate Dr. Pepper for this. She's like, what if this is not about you? Like, what if this is entirely his problem? I was like, yeah, I like that stance. So she asks Eris what he thinks, and he talks about the death that he's experienced. Eris has talked a lot about his dad and losing him and how it has affected him. But now we learn that he's had other losses that are pretty devastating. Um, One of his best friends committed suicide. Another friend was killed by a drunk driver. But just this fear that, like, if I get close to someone, they may leave and leave permanently um, is kind of where I got from it. Um, And so Dr. Pepper asks if this married at first sight thing is something he did to keep himself from running. And he kind of says, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons. Did you believe him, Allie? I don't know. I think I was just, um, you know, I listened to Tane and I listened to Tane talk a lot about being ready for marriage. And this was one of those moments where I was like, I see what she's talking about. Because if you are really like, he obviously for valid reason is in pain and is working through a very valid 
way of feeling. But should that have been something you worked out before you dragged this poor girl who you didn't know into a marriage? Like, that's, I kind of felt tame a little bit. I felt like, so why are you here? Why didn't you do this work? Why didn't you investigate this? Why didn't you deal with all this loss before you came on married at first sight? All very valid. Um, I always wonder if like people just do not know. Like mm-hmm. they get to the show and then they learn this about themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Because Eris is so honest, I think we take for granted that he's always known these things, but... I mean, you're probably right in that he wasn't definitely is probably not ready for marriage, um, but he might not have actually known that. One thing that I was listening to and listening to everybody, and we can talk more as we hear more people, but I wonder if anyone's done a study on study. I mean, uh, you know, an academic paper on the uh, relationships of the parents of people in married at first sight. Like, is it this season where we have a lot of, you know, divorce, like, I think only one person spoke about their parents being happily married. But even in speaking about their parents being happily married, it was like too happy and they didn't learn how. So I wonder, like, is there a relationship between someone who says, this is how I want to figure out my marriage. This is how I want to go into marriage at first sight and coming from situations where you did not have, like, that is a someone's PhD paper. Please send me my kudos when you write it. Uh, but yeah, like, what what's up with that? Um... I'm like racking my brain trying to figure out some sort of pattern. Um, my favorite couple, Amani and Woody, I think both of them um, came from divorced households, but Amani had a really strong step parent. No, yes, divorced. She had two great dads. Mm-hmm. Um, Woody divorced and he had a very, like, not a good relationship with his dad. But I think if we go through, I think there's examples of every configuration. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure if there's a majority. But I, I like you, would actually like to know the answer. Like, what what does the success rate have to do with the parents? Or just the desire to go this route have to do with, is there a relationship if wanting to go this route because, um, yeah, because of what you've seen in the past or how you grew up? Anyways, we can keep going. Sorry, that was a little tangent. But um, where were we? So you just mentioned it, how Jasmine talked about how her parents were married, but they never fought in front of them. So um, Dr. Pepper says that they have different family patterns, but there's a loss and pain that they share um, and that they have to get to know each other at this level. I don't know what this level is, but that's what Dr. Mm -hmm. Pepper said. I feel like Dr. Pepper always has to say something at the end and it only really actually Mm -hmm. makes sense about eh, 50% of the time. Other times you're like, I guess. I mean, if that's your conclusion, who am I to argue with Dr. Pepper? A woman is probably contractually obligated to have the last word, regardless of if the last word makes sense. But all right, Dr. Pepper. I loved her, by the way. Oh, Um, oh, good. I really appreciated when she told, um, when this one said, oh, our intimacy is getting better or we're getting, and she's like, and she started laughing at them. I was like, yes, because it's funny. (laughs) Shaq and Kirsten have Shaq and Kirsten have a whole conversation about him writing her a new logo. Oh, I liked this scene. I forgot about this this tidbit of joy. <laughs> um, because she says you can invoice me, and he says you uh, you will get paid in other ways. Is I that- just really enjoyed the conversation. So I think what I liked about the conversation. So I'm married, and aid like as I rolled my eyes at all these intimate conversations was like. I mean, don't you believe that we should have intimate conversations like isn't this part? And I'm like, yes, they're forcing them because they're married at first sight. One of the things that I really liked about this tidbit is like my husband and I 
often have conversations about like work. Like we talk about, um, what did he say? This week he said he's going to take a Power BI course. And I was like, ooh, I want to take a Power BI course. Or we'll be working on a PowerPoint. And our jobs are very, very different, but we both use PowerPoint. I'm like, ooh, that graph is nice. So, (laughs) I mean, those are legit conversations that we have. Um, um, And he'll be like, yeah, someone's going to show me this cool trick in Excel and you can do this. And so for me, I really like this, this because I was like, this feels very like genuine and real to be like, oh yeah, I got you. Like I have skills that can help you with what you need to do. And that's what I loved about it is not the, I mean, I thought it was cute, the paying for her stuff um, in sexual favors that was implied, but I just really liked like, this is to me very real, very cute, very sweet, very longevity looking. It was fun. Okie doke. And they weren't just talking about their feelings. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now for more people talking about their feelings. <sighs> Nicole and Chris, who are the golden couple. So Dr. Pepper basically starts us off by saying like, well, let's talk about elevating you guys since you're basically fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nicole talks about how her past relationships were with terrible human beings. Um, she doesn't say that, but I don't know how else to interpret yeah. everything she told us. Yeah. Um, and that she felt like she couldn't be vulnerable because then she would get taken advantage of. Um, and that she only knew how to be with disrespectful people because she pushed respectful guys away. Um, and Chris says that he's the opposite, that, you know, you should always be who you are from day one. And maybe his being who he is has come on too strong, but his intention is good enough for someone out there. And Nicole, like, points to herself when he's saying this because they are the cutest, most well-matched couple there ever was, at least this season. Um, and that they are trying to delve into the things they feel shy about. And Dr. Pepper says that they are trying to build a strong foundation to hold their house together. Um, then everybody gets this fishbowl exercise uh, where they have to ask each other questions out of the fishbowl, which I get it. It's more talking about feelings, but I enjoy all the Like everybody's given the same exercise, but human beings are so interesting that everybody treats it very differently and goes in different directions. Um, <laughs> so Eris and Jasmine... Uh, Eris asks his first question, what will keep you safe and secure in our marriage and why? And then we can hear the sound of crickets. And then there's three more questions just like that, where there is just crickets. And in an interview, in an interview, Eris is like, did this woman not say that we were supposed to have deeper conversations? Mm -hmm. And then it's time to have deeper conversations. And she's like, Hmm, um, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) that was unfortunate. Um, I do think he could have started answering some of the questions. Oh, yeah, there was a point where I was like, oh, well, maybe he should start answering the question. And then he did answer one in great detail. And then he was like, what about you? And she was like, yeah, nothing. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I miss the people who left, but more people should just go home and leave us alone. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't want to talk to him, don't talk to him. Um, The story that Eris shared, it was very very sad and relatable. It was about his friend who committed suicide and how he had some feelings of anger towards his friend. And um, talked about how he got to a place where he could forgive him. I thought it was super sweet when he said that that friend's mom was actually at their wedding, mm-hmm. um, that he sustained this relationship. So I, that, you know, like Ali said, Jasmine had nothing it appears to say mm-hmm. to that. And that was kind of wrong. It was sad. I felt bad for him. Especially because it was a very, very, um, wow. Like, that's a lot to share with a person. Um, that's a lot to feel. And so it was very disappointing that her response was just like, well, bet. Next up is Gina and Clint. Um, and they're having their therapy session. Uh, she says that they're hanging out because these two are truly friends at first sight. Um, 
this was one where I was like, Aid, is this, is this Slendergate? And she was like, yeah, this Slendergate. I'm like, oh. And it's all because they are really, it seems like they're pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about how, I mean, Gina says that she finds talking to women easier because she grew up with a single mom. Um, Dr. Pepper asked, like, what does it take to have a safe base? And she says getting to know the person, which is a very generic and nonspecific answer. Clint talks about trying to be vulnerable, which Clint, you know, told a story that was very vulnerable. And his response since then has been like, and Gina has not reciprocated. Um, so he talks more about wanting to know the crust. Mm-hmm. Gina says he's never asked the questions. I feel like the drinking game for this episode is vulnerable on crust. <laughs> like, you're going to be sh- wasted by the time <laughs> this episode is over. Even if you start now. You know, sometimes I feel like this show is, like, conning me. Like, if you want to have conversations with a person, you will have these conversations. Gina and Clint, both of them litigating the exact manner in which they would like to be asked the questions, to have the conversations. It's just like, okay, so you don't want to talk to each other. (laughs) Because even for Gina to say, this is how I want you to engage with me, and for this man to say, well, that feels like a question to answer. Sir, do you want to talk or not? Because someone can't spell it out better than this is how, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, it's it's like sometimes the, um, here's, here's why I think this is an issue. Sometimes the thing that you're disagreeing about is not the thing that you're disagreeing about. A big part of marriage and relationships is deciding to be on the same team not necessarily deciding to win or to be right. And in this moment, like both of them are saying, but this is how I want to be talked to. And if either one of them wanted to just get to the point of talking, then they would put aside, this is how I want to be talked to and go with the other person's style. But both of them are more insistent on, you need to talk to me the way that I want to be talked to. You need to communicate the way than actual communication. So therefore it's a conversation about a conversation about conversations that they don't want to have. And that (laughs) is a waste of my time. Uh, Then they ended it. Thank goodness. And we will be back right after this commercial break with more on this episode. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly. So why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming, and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Call on the podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with Estro Control. 
you have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we're back. Nicole and Chris, um, they are ask- they are working out as they ask each other the fishbowl questions. And the first question is, what made you feel the most amount of shame? Sorry, can we talk about... Um, the thing is, we, we watched it together, we were recording it together, and like a big part of watching TV or anything with me, like if you go to the movies with me, I'm gonna be like, oh, did you see that? Like I'm very like... Off the- so Aid and I had this long conversation about Nicole's sports bra situation. <laughs> like did she wear a sports uh strapless bar and i was like no i think it's the inserts and i was like I, why are we even talking about this so y'all we talked about it you guys should hear it um continue <laughs> so yes we see nicole and chris in the gym and nicole is i thought she was wearing a strapless bra to be cute thankfully ali was like no she's wearing the little inserts of the sports bra and that's the kind of conversations that you have when you watch tv mm-hmm. Um, so the first question that they ask is what makes you feel the most amount of shame? And she, we, Nicole told us a story about her ex-boyfriend who like did some sort of weird psychological test of like, how much do you love me? Do you love me enough to let me burn a cigarette on you? And he burned a cigarette on her, um, which is so terrible. It's abuse. Like that's abuse. That's physical and emotional abuse. But yes, continue. So she said that the thing that made her feel the most shame is when her mom asked about it and she lied and said she burned herself with her straightener. And she's like, my mom probably knew I was lying, but she didn't push it. Um, And Nicole also referred to the fact that she's on a TV show. She shared the story before and now she's sharing it in this context. And her mom is now going to know and she'll have to deal with that. Um, So sad. So incredibly sad. Um. But I don't know, when you watch all these other people who can't seem to come up with a single thing to say to their spouse, like, I just feel very proud of Nicole, um, that she's being honest and being truthful and telling Chris about herself. And as a result of that, she has to tell the rest of us, and maybe we don't need to know, but in order to make sure that Chris knows who she is, she's she's being open. Yeah. Um, Chris has a, a somewhat similar story in that his mom is involved in that he had a party, his mom came over to make brownies. And then there was underage drinking and the police came and 
threatened to arrest his mother. But of course, they didn't. But if his mom would have been arrested, he would have been um, really embarrassed. Yeah. But it was it was very. Um, you know, the first thing I picked up on is that both of you have shame around your mothers. Like when it comes to the thing that you're least proud of, that you feel the most shame, it has to do with not the thing that happened, but your mom's being involved. And Nicole points it out. So I thought that was, that was, you know, I get why everyone's so happy for them. <laughs> oh, they're, good. They're super sweet. They are super sweet. I'm glad you're on my team. I mean, they are, um, <laughs> we are still talking about our feelings, but they're super sweet. Um, yeah. Now to break up the couples oh, talking sorry. to each other. And Nicole made fun of him too. She's like, "Yeah, would have sucked if your mom got arrested. I guess you'd have a lot more shame there." And I was like, "Yeah, girl." <laughs> I had to visit her in jail, post some bail. I'd have yeah, some real shame because I wanted my friends to come over and drink. Uh. Okay, sorry. Okay, carry on. So now that we're done talking, well, we've introduced a new element, which is talking to um, our spouse's mom about feelings. So Jasmine's mom comes over. She gives Harris a big hug. In her pink, she walked in. Just a, a ray of light. Um, I, I, I just want to go on record here saying that Jasmine's mom is the greatest. Um, <laughs> so she sits down with Harris, and Harris talks about how quickly he got over the dog situation. I guess there's only one so far living in the apartment with them, but Jasmine has four, so I have no idea what they plan to do about that. This man plans to go to his house by himself. That's what he wants to do about that. This is not his problem for very much longer. Carry on. Um, so Ayers does an excellent reenactment of trying to have a deep conversation with Jasmine when she's not in the mood. Oh my gosh. That might have been the highlight of the episode. It was that was that was fun. That was the most and it was with um Yvette. Yvette. Oh, I forgot her mom's name. I, yeah, I think it's Yvette who was quite enjoyable. Um, even like, you know, that moment where you're, you're teasing someone and the person that you're mocking them to knows them well enough to be like, yeah, yeah, that was right. That whole scene was, was beautiful. Thank you, Eris. And thank you, Jasper's mom. And Eris says, rightfully so, that he is confused. He was told that she wanted to have deeper conversations. And next thing you know, I'm not having deeper conversations. Um, his mom, uh, Jasmine's mom, Yvette says that Jasmine is used to helping everybody else out and she doesn't take herself under consideration, which I'm not quite sure has to do with this conversation. (laughs) Just call Yvette Dr. Pepper. So we find out that Jasmine told her mom about the no sex until after decision day thing. I don't know. The person in me was a little bit surprised. And then also surprised at her mom being like, but y'all might be holding something back. And I was like, that is a take from a mother that I was not expecting. But all right, do you? I'm amazed at how many times on Married at First Sight, a mom has encouraged her daughter to have sex. You guys will remember Iris's mom, Iris the Virgin from Charlotte. And her mom was like, you you should probably have sex with him. Go ahead. Please, please do so. Wow. Um, (laughs) I guess she was married. Um... Eris says that he's trying to find out what they have in common and what similar lived experience. And it would be easier if the things that he's searching for are in play, like it would be more natural. I'm just amazed at this point at how much Jasmine's mom looks like her. Um, and I'm like, see, Eris, like, this is a very beautiful woman who is probably 30 plus years older than your wife. Like, this is what Jasmine's going to look like. You might want to stick with this. Just saying. Anyway, um, Jasmine's mom says that they both overthink things and that's a hindrance. And you got to get out of your head and you've got to get out of your comfort zone to get what you want. 
So it's life and marriage. And every day you have to wake up and say, I want to be married. And it's up to you too. What do you want? And what are you willing to sacrifice? Um, at this point, I remembered that Jasmine's mom, um, I believe at this time, might still be going through cancer treatment. Aww. And I just thought, I just want this sweet woman mm-hmm. to have good health and a good life because she's a wonderful woman. She really is. And I send good thoughts and good vibes her way. All the good vibes. Um, next is Gina and Clint and their jar of questions. Um, Gina always has very large earrings on, and then one side of her hair is covering up the other earrings. So I'm like, are they both on? Um, I feel like I saw both of them. Gina's hair is flawless. Like, I mean, if you're going to be a salon owner, which also, you know what? I was promised that Gina would not shut up about her salon. She didn't talk about her salon the whole episode. Y'all need to stop slandering my girl, Gina. She said something about being a workaholic and wanting to be successful. She, not, she was not trying to promote anything. <laughs> Gina is here for this man. Um, I fully expected to go to the salon. Um, her hair was beautiful. She's a great ad for the salon. Um, you know, if you're in the area, you should visit Gina's salon. But okay, let's talk about the jar. You know, the thing is, this whole time I've been waiting for Gina's hair to be fabulous. And this is the first episode where I'm like, oh, oh my God, her hair looks really good. Really good. Like, when, it's been good. But today I feel like was great. When it was curled, it was great. When it was straight, it was great. Like, it was every time we saw her, her hair looked flawless. So their jar question session goes pretty good. Gina says that her delegation phobia is toxic. Which she taught me a new term. I did not know that. I plan to hold on to it. Delegation phobia. That's that's a really great way to describe it. It's a way to describe a lot of people. Um, I'm not one of them. I wasn't going to say it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Today we're having dinner at at Ate's house. And I definitely pre-cooked the dinner at my house yesterday. So all she had to do was warm it up. So I don't know why you call that. But carry on. It's not I think I call it delegation phobia <laughs> because I definitely said I will cook dinner. And she's like, oh, no, you don't have to. Here, I'm going to cook dinner. You just have to warm it up. Um, okay. Um, but she says, I mean, at least Gina knows this about herself. And I guess she's working on it. She talks about having feelings of abandonment and rejection because her dad abandoned and rejected her um and that he didn't make the effort um he talks about something similar that his dad wasn't around a lot because he was working all the time um and that his parents both worked a lot to provide the the life that they wanted for him and his siblings um i did like kind of pick up on the very big differences though like she talked about being independent um and having to basically take care of herself from age seven and he talked about um and so her goals and her motivation are you know financial stability and just not relying on anybody and hers are very um basic needs if if that makes sense and then he talks about his like desire is more like self-actualization and like and I was like that's interesting that like she I don't know how does that work in a relationship does it work in a relationship does she help him get to does a place where he values practical things, does he help her get to a place where she can think past, you know, basic financial? It's just, I just thought it was interesting that even in sharing, yes, I understand that. And um, this is how my upbringing was similar ish. Like the outcomes are very different for them. Yeah. Um, but it was a good, 
and they were getting to the magma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it's called. The, the inner core? The inner core. Is that what it's called? The inner crust? The inner crust. Does he even say the inner crust or just the crust? I don't, he says he says the inner crust or the crust. There's vulnerability <laughs> getting to the crust. Go ahead and take two shots. They end talking about him changing Hank's last name because he's very much mm-hmm. in love with this dog. Which, that was his room, right? At one point, they talk about, she says, I'm leaving. But there was a framed picture of the dog by the bed. So he is currently sleeping with her dog, sleeping next to a picture of her dog, um, but not her. No, not her. That is, I love that. Hilarious. All right, Aid, let's take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So we end on happy note. I didn't know it was going to be happy, but it went that way. We have Shaq and Kirsten. And she comes in, and they say they're going to do this painting activity. And she says, we're going to need big paintbrushes. Like, these tiny paintbrushes aren't going to do it. And Shaq says that he has a plan. So she comes out in her bathing suit, ready to be painted. What is Shaq's plan, That is his fingers, which is, is not paintbrushes. It's a plan. So they have a great paint session. Look, sorry, I hate to be critical of anything about this, but... You know, late, but earlier we heard that Shaq was going to help Kirsten design a logo. Now this man is faced with paint. I didn't see a lot of designing. I just saw a lot of like oh my splashing on paint oh. and then a little bit of the chest and a little bit of the stomach, but that was it. I think it was more about the touching of the skin. Oh, you think? Yes. <laughs> just saying, you can't be calling yourself. She, she believed it was, she saw it as a masterpiece and her opinion is the only opinion that matters. That is true. And then they really had a good time. Um, with some, uh, Shaq walks away to the kitchen. We don't know where he's going with this. And he comes back and he has strawberries and whipped cream. And then they, uh, do some, uh, intimate activities. It was very sexy. Yeah, it was. Um, and I also, I'm like, I don't know, Aid. you can't take me anywhere because I'm like, so are they both chewing on the same strawberry? Because when they finished, like she seemed to be chewing and he was chewing. So did they like crunch it up? Because he only put a strawberry one. I, I'm, but I'm happy for them. Intimacy, intimacy. So Kirsten is standing there in her full painted glory, having to do this on the fly interview, which to me, I'm like, wouldn't it kill the mood having to do these stupid interviews? Like y'all are all into it. And then they're like, okay, now we got to talk about it before you can, we can dismiss you for the night. And she t- lets us know that only, only Shaq and her will know how the night will progress. We are thankfully blessed with a preview for the rest of the season. Where Shaq's like, I hit it. And we are happy. I am happy. I am very happy. <laughs> and I will say, in the course of the um, episode, I definitely saw Kirsten go from, like, what I would call Stepford wife-ish with the slow blinks to just like having fun and very, very into it. And so that was cool. It was nice. So Allie, who has your bouquet this week? Mama Yvette. <laughs> and also, what is his, the dad's name? Mark. Yvette and Mark. Because, I don't know, the rest of y'all were fine. But, um, yeah, I really liked both of them. How about you, Aid? Who has your bouquet? I mean, the people I've talked trash about, you know, so much trash about Kirsten um, and Shaq and like their different pages and how mainly Kirsten, though, let's be real here. So this week I'm giving my bouquet to Kirsten and Shaq. I'm like so proud of them. They were so adorable. They are finally like on the same page after being on different pages. It feels like for 10 whole episodes, 11 whole episodes. 
So that's who my bouquet is going to. They they made me feel happy today. Okay. Who has your burnt ashes? Oh gosh, I gotta give that away. Um, let me think. Aid, who has your burnt ashes? Well, I think. Um, oh, I mean, this is a married at first sight season sixteen episode, so it's actually once again very difficult to figure out who has pissed me <laughs> off the most this week. <laughs> you know, I I give Eric shit when he doesn't do right, so I really need to give Jasmine some shit this week. This man shared some very vulnerable things with you and you couldn't come up with anything. And you know, um, Felina, I don't like to give her any credence, but Jasmine hasn't been very deep with Eris and I don't fault her too much for it because why would you want to go deep with someone who continues to say that they're not attracted to you? Like, I'm not going to hold that against her, but she could have given Eris just a little something this week when he really opened up. It's true. Um, my burnt ashes, unfortunately, go to Dr. Pepper because she is the reason that I have to listen to all of these people talking <laughs> about their feelings and their vulnerabilities. And so I blame Dr. Pepper. Um, I would have probably gone with you and Jasmine because that that response to this very, very heartfelt um, question and that just like what he shared was just trash. But Dr. Pepper really probably annoyed me the most. So, um. Yeah. You guys, like, you can tell that Allie and I are related by the fact that we both hate when people talk about their feelings. Um, <laughs> don't, I mean, I just, it's not my favorite form of entertainment, is what I would say, you know? Like, I am, I understand that people talk about their feelings. I talk about my feelings, but for it to be an hour and a half TV show and us to spend probably an hour and 27 minutes talking about talking about our feelings and being vulnerable in the crust um then um it's not my favorite all right on that note (laughs) you guys that's it for this week don't forget that you can find tane on the rewatch with nana um they just finished covering season 6a of sex in the city you can always find us on instagram and twitter at alter call mafs that's a-l-t-a-r-c-a-l-l-m-a-f-s we love hearing from you guys we'd love your thoughts on this week um, we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. And do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever platform you listen to us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.